Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Just a note before we get going, this is split into two parts that drop at the same time. So if you listen to part one, dive straight into part two afterwards. I've heard you're body confident now, Lindsay, after listening to James Smith. Yeah, no, I don't give a shit. Ah. <laughs> I think that's the best way to be, though. Like, definitely, you know, put exactly. yourself out there, get out of Well, then. it's related to what we're talking about yeah, today. Yeah, so yeah, I'll yeah. just I'll crack on. In fact, okay. we'll roll straight in from there, Raven. We're rolling dirty from us okay. chatting because this is man baggage. As you can hear, we're already talking. We're already fired up. I'm absolutely buzzing. I've been after Scott Thomas for a while, one of the most bloody successful families in Manchester. They're always doing something. It's just a matter of time till there's the Thomas Academy. All our <laughs> kids are educated there, doing drama and athletics or something. Anyway, we got the best one in my opinion. No disrespect to the other brothers. And uh, love, well, obviously you you came to know uh, Scott as being a Love Island superstar where he got to give with care there. Uh, and then, a, but sort of multiple businesses, a figure in the Northwest, very successful gentleman. Scott, nice to meet you. Oh, thank you so much for having and me. What an intro. Yeah, I know. What? As well. uh, yeah, hold on uh, a second. You, you're not, you've been in, you've not introduced yet, Lindsay. You don't even exist in our reality. Do you know what, though? Are we actually classed as Manx? Because I feel like we're Cheshire cats now. We're Cheshire uh, cats. We are now. I'm like, I'm Stratford. Like, That's my wife. Sorry, listeners. The, the fee- man baggage every episode. We're supposed to be getting into men's minds, but I always have a female auditor to call bullshit on any sexist statements. The voice you can hear that can't even wait to be introduced is my wife, Lindsay Kane who's now basically going to try and argue that her and Scott are from Cheshire, even though after about <laughs> after about four shots of Zambuca, they'd both be going, come at me, I'll take your fucking yeah, head off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It's so weird. And people say to me all the time, I've got such a mank accent, but I'm really proud to be from Manchester. Mm. I feel yeah. like we are the best people on the planet. Yeah, well, I'm going to throw it out yeah. there. I've uprooted my life. I've moved as close to the border as I can tolerate. <laughs> and, uh, but we're, we're in Wilmslow, which means you have to lease a Range Rover and have no food in your fridge. <laughs> Amazing. Basically. So the reason, I mean, Scott, there's a million things I could speak to you about, but the reason I picked today's man baggage subject, maturity, is I feel like you were a man who's just completed one stage of your life and now you're in the proper grown-up bit of your life. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that is really sexistly different for men and women. Men seem to do pretty much act like a kid to, if they want to, about 35, 40, it's all good. Then all of a sudden something kicks in in the 30s in men. A lot of women seem to kick that in quite early on. I can remember being 17 and my girlfriend being a fully formed woman who knew what was right and wrong, where I was like, look, my wee's yellow, there's a wasp, and then ran off into a field. 
So we're talking about maturity. Just if you're not clear on the definition, listeners, maturity is becoming fully grown or developed, having reached the most advanced stage in a process. So I'm going to jump straight in, Scott, and ask you, are men more mature than women? Um, I would say categorically no. Um, I, it's so weird. I was having this conversation the other day, literally the other day. And I was saying like, I, I'm still maturing now. I'm 34. And I remember, even let's go back to Katie because you mentioned it then. I got with her on Love Island when I was 27 and she was 20. And she was already a lot more mature than me. And I feel like, that's always been the case in my life. Like literally I was saying the other day, I'm 34, but I kind of, I don't know why I said that my next girlfriend, I wanted to be around 25, 26. And my mate was like, why? She's not going to be mature. And trust me at 25, yeah. girls have got all that stuff out of their life that they're ready to sort of settle down and sort of level up in life. Whereas with me, looking back to me when I was on Love Island at 27, I was such a kid. And like 27 is pretty old. I think you should be a lot more mature. Mm. But at 27, I've grown so much in that time period from then. I was very much a kid and I feel like, I don't know what it is, but yeah, definitely men I feel like mature a lot later. I mean, Lindsay, I'll get your opinion then I'm going to jump in with some science <clears throat> on, on this, but what do you think? Do you think men mature more slowly than women? It's not my fault. No, yeah, sorry, go no. and answer, sorry. Well, Russell's 12 years older than me, so I'm 34. Um, You're right, Lindsay, we don't need to give actual numbers. Yeah, but um, yeah, so my, I, I, after my last relationship, I was like, the next guy I go for is definitely going to be older, more mature, that's sort of been done or, you know, done his life sort of thing and ready to settle down. <laughs> However, I'm with someone that the only thing he laughs at is like fart jokes, so he's really immature in that sense. He'll cry, <laughs> I'll find him crying, I'm like, what's wrong? They'll be crying, laughing. At far, and I just don't understand. <laughs> I don't get it. Right, so before Twitter lights up, because we've dared to even acknowledge gender exists for some of us, there is some scientific information, finally something on gender that can be measured on an MRI scanner. And based on all the psychological research, all the things we can talk to men, all the sociological research, and crucially, the study of the frontal lobe, which is the bit of your brain that deals with emotional maturity, the bit that enables Scott and I to look at a girl crying because someone's cheated on her and our hearts twinge a bit as well. Oh, I bet that fucking, that bit, that empathetic mirror neurons, they're called, that make us feel what other people feel. What age, Lindsay, do you think that finishes growing in men? Isn't it in the 40s? 43. Yeah, I was just about to wow. say. You've yeah, got yeah. nine yeah. years to go. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Well, to be fair, I feel like I've always been a bit, a little bit like sort of emotionally mature, if I'm honest, like yeah. in terms of like, I can be a bit of a joker and have a laugh and everything else. But when it comes to something serious, I feel like I can have those deep conversations. I think for me, maturity, I'm talking about in terms of, responsibilities in yes. my life yeah, like yeah, not yeah. wanting to take on responsibilities like for mm -hmm. example my finances like all the things like getting my house in order all these things that I probably should have done like in my mid-20s I'm kind of doing them all now yeah. because I never kind of wanted to take on responsibilities and I'm still single my twin brother for example has got a wife two kids um, the dogs the full well, work. the two kids are genetically yours anyway so don't worry about it oh, yeah, your twins the yeah. job done so you've got <laughs> I get all the best bits exactly got the best bits but yeah, I feel like for me, it's not been about being emotionally mature in terms of that. It's more about the responsibility thing. And I think that's something I'm having to take on board now as I get a little bit older. And, and it's scary because 
Like, I just like the fact of just living life day to day sometimes and everything else. But when you've got businesses and everything else, I've been forced, if I'm honest, to kind of level up across the board. And I think that's what's been the most difficult thing for me. But I feel like in terms of having deep conversations, I can switch that on yeah. because yeah. I have got that emotional side to me. But do you find those conversations difficult, Russell? No, I mean, our deep conversations I've been doing since I was... 15, 16, around the, either in Ibiza or around the Dungeons and Dragons book. I'm one of those weird people that both goes Ibiza and is a nerd. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a hybrid. Right, okay. I'm a hybrid. Nice. I can talk prime numbers or Gjeldem, no problem. Amazing. Um, but I think what I'm saying is whether it's an inability to bring responsibility into your life or an inability to settle down or or stay with one woman or have that emotional maturity, doesn't. I don't think I'm talking about depth of conversation. I'm mm. talking about that ability to lose that fear of settling down. And the reason why it's not just you, it's across the board with men. I mean, I was uh, 36, 37 when I, when I met Lindsay and was finally ready to start settling down, is the front part of our brain is slower to grow. And I know, forgive me, regular listeners, because we've gone over some of this science before, but the, they think the, it's re, the reason a woman's brain basically does nothing past 30 and is almost fully developed by 20 is because... Back in the day when we were evolving, if we'd been in tribes, when Denton mm. was still like a wild plane where we'd go hunting and shit across from Denton to Wivenshaw looking for antelope. The reason is men who were more emotionally mature died quicker because you were like, I'm not going to throw a spear into the guy from Cheadle, man. You know, what's his, what's his story? Boom, dead. Uh, I'm not going to I'm not going to savagely smash the face in of someone trying to take my woman. You know, he's a human too. You wouldn't have survived very long. So wow, okay. young men have necessarily evolved to have a period of almost brutality yeah. to get shit done, which now has no place in our society. I mean, talk yeah. about toxic masculinity. They're literally hormonally and physiologically toxic. Yeah. Not out, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not making excuses here, gentlemen, because you can learn anything. You can learn ancient Greek. You can learn Latin. You can learn to line a uni- ride a unicycle. You can certainly learn not to be a cunt. I'm just saying there's a lot of evidence here that suggests that necessarily you have a fear of commitment hardwired into you because you're hardwired to get shit done till you're 40. Yeah. That's wow. what the science says. So you're not like, oh my God, what's wrong with me? Why can't I settle down like my twin brother? You have hardware built into you to say, keep spearing antelope. Can I also just say something? Can I, but yeah. do you think, Scott, that it's because, and this is what I want to hear, and what we <laughs> want to hear, do you think that you've not settled down yet because you've not found the right one? I was, I was just about to say then, do you not feel like women are going back to sort of the cavemen era? They obviously had to be more empathetic and stuff because they had to raise men. They had exactly. to raise the families, exactly. right? So they, to, so they had to be in that position to do that. And I feel like maybe that is the point that you're making now that I need the right woman yeah. to try and help me mature in that way. And I do believe that. I do believe it, that I'm going to meet the right woman who's going to make me want to settle down. And I won't settle for anything less than that. Yeah. But you know, don't you? Listen, I, I've, I've been seeing a few different girls over the couple, last couple of years and they've been amazing, but I haven't had that spark or that fire that's going to make me want to ch- to sacrifice the life that I live now, if that makes sense. And I, I say sacrifice, because I shouldn't really say that. Because yeah, but you shouldn't need to sacrifice anything. It should just be like they empower you to do what you're doing. Right. And, well, there are yeah. some sacrifices. No, what I'm saying is... No, Come on, like, let's be real. What? Well... Freedom. When I, when oh, right, yeah, okay, when so I was single, not going to the girl. Exactly, that's the main, that's the number one freedom. <laughs> Yeah, but life is more than that because it can be... You're talking to men here. Wait a second. All right, what I'm talking about is when I say sacrifice, I mean, I live quite 
I'm going to say not selfish, but a self-full life, right? In yeah. terms of that, I have my daily routine. I do whatever I want, whenever I want to do it. And I'm allowed to build my business in a certain way and everything else because, I, yeah, because I'm a single guy and everything else. Yeah. But, and I used to have the mentality that a woman might come in and distract me from that. Don't get me wrong. Over time now, I'm starting to believe that the right woman would help me build my empires, help me yeah. build who I want to be. And I get that. But at the same time is... They're not easy to come by. So yeah. Russell, you've done you've done a, yeah. a, a really good job there, mate. Well, Lindsay the was in the front row of my audience. I was in a period of ex what I would call extreme singleness, literally with a spreadsheet trying to keep track of <laughs> different running jokes I've got going with different ladies. You know, things like that. It, it got a lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. So how long were you single for then, Russell? Well, I was I, I was absolutely free only for about nine months. Okay. But I, I would say I did a three year tour of duty in that nine months. If you know what I mean. I mean, I, I really I did I did three full tours in Vajganistan is how I describe it on stage. Mm. But the uh, but Lindsay Lindsay was there in the front row and she she was I like this idea that you could be twenty nine lads or you could be thirty nine. The right woman sort of likes the touch paper of that final bit of maturity because Lindsay was like. You know, what are you doing? You're wearing eyeliner, you're dressing like a twat. This part of your life is not right. You know, do what you like, but this is what people are thinking of you. You might want to think about doing this, Russell. And then, and then after nine months, I was like, great, let's go exclusive. And all the things she said worked. Yeah. They yeah, worked. Amazing. My business went to the next level. Wow. Well, I, to be honest, I get asked a lot of the time, like, why am I still single now? And to be honest, I never used to get asked that because in my 20s, I was the ultimate party boy, right? And that's what I did for a living. I used to throw parties for a living. I remember I used to go to some of them. Did you used to come yeah. to a visa on a Thursday? Yeah. Wow. Amazing. Well, listen, I had a great time and it was a bit of a rock star life. But at the same time, people were never looking at me then going, why is he single? Yeah, they yeah, knew yeah. exactly why I was single. So like over the last few years, when I've sort of like changed my lifestyle and I've become a lot more grounded. People are saying like, why have you not settled down yet? And for me, if I'm honest, it's because I still know that there is a level of maturity that I need to get to. I'm still figuring out who I am. And do you know what? It's weird because I never actually drew the connection between being single and maturity. But now mm. the more we're talking, I'm starting to yeah. understand that. Because I, because if, if you ask the girls in my office and stuff like that, even though I know I'm a good leader and everything else, I can be quite immature and, and I can have that banter where 
sometimes girls are like, you wouldn't say that to your missus. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's kind yeah. of like, I know that there's a level of maturity that you have to have to be in a relationship. So I kind of get it, if I'm honest. Do you think men are more likely to regress around other men? In other words, if you're a single guy, but you've got a large male friendship group and you're going out a lot and there's other single guys and they could be in their 50s. As far as I can tell, it makes no difference. I think men, when they're constantly going out with other men, tend to regress emotionally, i.e. more selfish or more silly or more irresponsible. Whereas women in groups of women, I'm not saying girls don't go out and like chuck a dildo across the room or whatever, or have a cock straw, but they don't sort of row back on actual life levels of maturity. What do you mean, like influenced by the friends? I think men, if they're hanging out with a lot of men, could are more likely to make mistakes that could mess up a marriage mean, or, like, or, take, take a, or take a drug they've not taken for years. You know, they're more likely to regress emotionally. A perfect example of that is Casa Amor in Love Island, right? Yeah. yeah. Literally. Yes. All these guys that are in happy relationships, as soon as they go into this new villa, everything's out the window and yeah. it's like a lad's holiday. Yeah. And it's the perfect example of how that sort of lad's mentality can take over. And I've seen it a million times before. So yeah, I would have to agree with that, Russell. I think definitely spending more time with guys and being... I've got a mate who's just recently gone single and I'm, he's been with his missus for about five years and... He's loving life having this little break right now and he's actually questioning everything. But I said to him, mate, don't get carried away because yeah. like, it's very easy to be in a long-term relationship, come out of it, think the grass is green, have a great little three-month period, but then realise you made a mistake. So I think it's, it's just about being really aware of yourself, if I'm honest. Yeah. Mm. What was the turning point that really made you start to sort of mature and leave this sort of party boy rock star lifestyle? Was there a specific thing or has it happened gradually? I mean, I always wanted to make a change. Like, I just felt like I was self-sabotaging every weekend, if I'm honest. Every night I'd go out and I'd end up being out for two days. And I just, and I was like, I was making a good living, but I wasn't really progressing. I always knew that I was capable of more. Like, yeah. I just knew I was capable of more. It was that feeling of waking up going, what am I doing here? Like, like I, I know that I can achieve some great things. And I kept trying to change, but it's hard because there's a massive culture in Manchester of being like, there's a scene in Manchester, in most places as well in the UK, there's a culture in this country of, if you get a good job, you go out, you get pissed. If you um, if it's your birthday, you go out, you get pissed. If someone dies, you get drunk. So yeah. I was brought up around that culture and I found it really hard to break away from it. But basically when I launched my businesses and I started to, I've got a PR agency called The Social PR and I started to get some really good clients. And I had a big client. Um, I got invited to like their chairman's luncheon with all the big dogs and they were celebrating us there for all the work we'd done. And I ended up getting escorted out of this event. And I was like, oh my God. And I, I literally, I couldn't even face my team. I couldn't face oh, my shit. business partner. And I lost the respect of a lot of people around me, but I was oh, like, yeah. I've, had an amaz- I've had an amazing year. I've achieved some great things. And this one mistake, this alcohol related mistake could have cost me everything. So I was like, you know what? I need to make a big change because I couldn't sustain the party boy lifestyle into business Yeah. because do you know what I mean? The party boy lifestyle works when you are throwing parties every week. It's great. But when you're yeah. trying to run a business, you've got responsibilities. You've got um, a level of respect that you need to live up to. So yeah, I got into a really dark place um, after that and I went, right, that's it. So I decided in 2020 to go on a journey of sobriety. I decided I was going to go 12 months sober. And honestly, it was like, it was like taking the limitless pill. Have you seen the film Limitless? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Many times. Like, literally, it felt like that. I just became unstoppable. Like, I was... My biggest goal was, first of all, to get in the best shape of my life because I I thought that would represent discipline and everything else. So I did that. Then I I ended up taking over the social PR fully from my business partner. Then I ended up launching a a wellness brand called Food for Thoughts, which is now two years in. And it's just crazy that everything just stemmed. In that one year, I progressed more in one year than I did in 10 years of my life, I reckon. In terms of, like, just 
like reaching my sort of potential. And don't get me wrong, every now and I will have a drink now. I did the 12 months, I changed my lifestyle. But I feel like I needed that year to break away from the self-sabotage mentality that I had. So that was a big year of maturity for me. Big year. And how old were you? I was, um, well, 2020, so I'm 34 now. I must have been about 31, something like that. Mm. So it was, it was late. It, it was late, if I'm honest. And I feel like, again, I don't know. Everyone, everyone says that you're on your own journey, aren't you? And there's no kind of, I don't know, rules or um, time periods that you need to stick to. But I do feel like now there's a bit of pressure on me social pressure to settle down and have kids especially when my brother's kids for example is like nearly seven and eight now so but the same time is i'm not forcing anything everyone's on their own kind of journey but you as a twin and adam's your twin isn't he so was he always like the good one and were you the wild one like growing up um i think me and my brother's like we're both of my brothers were in soaps, right? In the prime of soap, like the era of soap. Like Ryan, for example, when he was yeah. Jason Grimshaw in Corrie, like the life he lived and he took me and me and Adam along the along the uh, ride with him. It was incredible. Like we were going to all the biggest parties and everything else. And then Adam got a job into Emmerdale as well. So both my brothers were in soaps from the age of like 16. And people don't really know this, but I wasn't on TV till I was 27. Yeah. So I was always the unfamous brother. I was the one who would take the pictures of my brothers. And listen, I never felt left out or anything like that, but it was an experience. But at the same time, is I kind of got swept up in that, and I think I was crying out for my own attention yeah. in, my, in my own way. So that's when I started throwing parties. Like, come on, right? They've got their own profile. I'm going to yeah. create my own profile in Manchester, and I kind of got lost in that because in school I was always the, the private grammar kid. I was got straight A's, A stars. I went to university. I've got a degree in history, but I kind of just lost all that and yeah, went down yeah. this other route. So. I think Adam, the difference with Adam was as his twin brother, he met Caroline at a very early age at 19. So, and, he, and he's still with her now. So let's get it right. If he probably didn't have her, he would have probably gone down a different route. Mm. So I think yeah. she's definitely 100% stabilised him along the way. Yeah. It's, it's interesting hearing you say that you went to, do you go to a grammar school or a private school? Yeah, I went to private school. Yeah, well, you mean grammar school. Right. You went to a really good school. You went to uni, got a degree, but you still ended up reverting to what people would think of as sort of a typical working class lad who's got a bit of a money lifestyle because that's the culture you were immersed in, right? Same with yeah. me, exactly the same with me. I didn't, I, I mean, I, I council estate local comp type thing. But even when I got money and got my degree, I would still revert to, really, Zambuka like my face. <laughs> so I wonder, <laughs> I, I wonder to what extent culture influences the rate culture. at which we mature. I'm thinking about class here. I, I don't think there's much of a north-south divide on this one. It's if you're working class, you're working class. And you see these, you know, like 12-year-old, what I call toffs, proper posh kids, and they're already like, Father, shall I shall I go through to the drawing room? And, and they don't seem to have a period of immaturity. They seem to come out fully formed at 21. Whereas we mm-hmm. seem to, if you've got what, immersed in working class culture, even if it's mixed with money, this is what people don't realise about being working class. It's a cultural identity, like being French or... Nigerian or something it's like it's, it's my cultural identity it's my wallet doesn't influence our working class I feel and mm. my consumption patterns are that of of someone of elite <laughs> earning but my mm. life is I'd be for yeah I ain't getting yeah. married for 40 fuck it <laughs> so I'm, I'm wondering to what your you found that sort of it's interesting if you've gone to private school you've obviously had a comfortable childhood yet you have like a working class cultural pattern how have you found that conflict yeah, that's really interesting, actually. I think, like you said, culture is so important. And this is something I actually spoke to my therapist about. I've actually had a therapist for about seven years. And it's funny, when I first went to see him, 
I was saying to him, I want to change, but everybody expects me to be the Scotty special, like yeah, the Scotty yeah. special. That was it. I remember that. <laughs> yeah, the Scotty special, like the ultimate host, the guy giving everyone Zambukas at the door. I was like, I want to change, but everybody knows me as that. How can I change? Yeah. And now I'm going in there going, now I'm this food for thought Scott, like this wellness Scott. I'm actually finding it hard to live up to that, like yeah. in terms of like, and he's like, Scott, do you realise that you're always trying to live up to an ideal of who you want to be? Mm. And I think, it, again, it comes down to your culture, like, and it's about finding that that middle ground. And I think, yeah, it's difficult because I want to be one of the lads and I still have that old mentality of like, go on, like, who can have the most drinks in a night out and all that kind of stuff. And I find it really hard. Even now I live a completely different life that I've got those sort of misconceptions. And it comes down to something that we're teaching at like food for thoughts as well. When I talk about food, like I'm still, even though we teach people, you can eat what you want as long as the right calories for you. I've still built up these sort of misconceptions about you can't have bread. You can't have chocolate. You can't have these things if you're trying to get in shape. And it's so hard to break habits and cultural lessons of a lifetime if that makes sense and it's like for me if anyone's trying to make a change i say listen it's not going to happen overnight it's not there's going to be i used to for example when i went 12 months sober and then i decided that yeah the year after i was gonna have a drink every now and then sometimes i'd find myself in situations going oh my god i'm a scotty special again i'm like i'm here and then i real but then i realized yeah your alter ego it's it's always going to try and pull you back and and it's a transition but I had to change the people I was knocking around with. I had to remove myself from certain situations. And if I do go to a, like uh, a nightclub event, something now for work or anything like that, I'll set myself a time limit. Like I'll go, I've got to be in there for two hours and then I've got to get myself out tops because those there are certain cu- like cultural situations that are always going to trigger you. So yeah, I do find it that having to break away from certain situations helps you mature quicker, if that makes sense. Okay, guys, we're going to take a break there. I feel like part one has fully matured and we can release it. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. <laughs> 